0: My name is Andrea and I currently serve in the kids ministry, youth ministry, and on the Connect team. Um, The first time that Jesus became real to me was in the weekend where tithing was spoken about at church. And I just happened to be two days away from getting laid off of work. And at that moment I had nothing else. And so it was just, Surrendering to God and so I did that during that service weekend and I Gave my all to him and I then Was laid off and saw his goodness through all of that he did during that period of time and During my small group my small group was so supportive in prayer and just being um, That support system that community for me life with Jesus has been amazing. He is my source and everything and before when I didn't have anything to look forward to or anything to hold on to, I guess you could say. Um, Jesus is that now.
1: All right, I wanna welcome all of our campuses to a very short series and week two of that. I wanna to talk to you today about the power of belief. Come on, can we just welcome all those campuses that are joining us, our South Shore, Gulf Coast, Bat Rouge online each week as well. I am excited about what is coming. It's hard to believe that Christmas is already here. I do want to say to our campuses, next weekend, we're actually kicking off next Saturday night. Uh, we'll have services at all campuses. I, sa- I think Baton Rouge will just be on Sunday. And then all the way leading up to Christmas Eve, I'm going to ask you to check out in your bullets. we got a whole, I think, 26 total services. Two of the easiest times of the year to invite people to church. One is Easter number two? Is Christmas? So be thinking about who you can invite to church. If you have your Bible, I'm gonna ask you to open up to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two. Today, I wanna to continue our journey toward Christmas. I wanna share a message I've entitled The Wonder of Belief. The Wonder of Belief. You know, as a pastor, each year during this time, there's a certain expectation. Uh, When you get to the Christmas season to teach through uh, different Christmas passages and whether it's the wise men in the pursuit of Christ and, and them showing up or whether, of course, Mary and Joseph and the miracle of the incarnation. But one of the characters or what I'd say the group of characters that I enjoy teaching about the most, and I'll tell you why today, I want to talk to you today about the shepherds. There's something about the faith of the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read a little bit more uh, than I usually read. I'm going to read 12 verses. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Here's what the Bible says. Now that we're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Verse 10. Verse 10. The Bible says, and the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11, for there is born to this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, everyone say suddenly. It's interesting when you see in the Bible, both in the Old and New Testament, you'll see that word suddenly over and over. There's something that happens when suddenly, listen, suddenly God breaks into the world. God breaks into our life. God breaks into our environment. Here we see once again that word suddenly describing where these shepherds are going about their normal daily routines and suddenly, suddenly something happens. What I found in the Bible is whenever there's a suddenly, listen, God brings what's ordinary into an extraordinary environment. Things change in the atmosphere when God steps in. Watch what happens. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude. So all of a sudden the heavens open up. All of a sudden the sky opens up and now there's not an angel but the multitude of the heavenly host and they're, they're having a worship service. They're praising God and here's what they're saying. I love this, verse 14, "'Glory to God in the highest and on earth, "'peace and goodwill toward men.'" And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, they started having a conversation with one another, and here's what they say, "'Let us now go to Bethlehem "'and see this thing that has come to pass, "'which the Lord has made known to us.'" They recognized that they had a message from God. The angels were messengers from God. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Verse 17, and when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Verse 18, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Two more verses, look at verse 19. And Mary, I love this. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Last verse, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that had, they had heard and seen as it was told them. I want to talk to you today about the wonder of belief. The wonder of belief. It's interesting, like I mentioned, the, this time of the year, there is an expectation. Of course, next weekend, and all the way leading up to Christmas Eve, you know, pastors... They'll come before the, the Word of God and you're, and you're asking the Lord to give you maybe a, a unique perspective on the Christmas story or the different characters that are there. Of course, we always come to that birth, the incarnation, the birth of Christ. And, but I've always been drawn, I've always been drawn to this, this group. And I believe there's reasons why, because there's something so unique about the shepherds. You ask, who are the shepherds? The shepherds were, were actually a very devalued class they they were they were part of the the lower edges of society matter of fact those of you that have an opportunity to go to Israel today they they would be considered Bedouins, they actually still have shepherds today, still in the hillsides it 's amazing to be able to see it. They live with the sheep they they get up with the sheep they, they they are right there, and even in bible times they were they were a very despised class they had, they had no hierarchy of uh, of distinction they were not part of a prestigious group they were not part of the aristocracies at all. They were shepherds they were they were Kind of the bottom of the bottom of the rung. And yet I find it so ironic. I find it so ironic that that that, that God chose this group of people. If you were God and I was God, and I was choosing who I was going to use to make the announcement. I don't think about that. Who was going to make the announcement of the arrival of my son in the earth? I mean, I would have looked and found out who has the most Instagram followers. Somebody surely has got to have more than 102 million. I think that's what Justin Bieber, I mean, somebody, I mean, who has got the most Instagram followers? We're going to choose that person. That's not who God chose. God didn't choose the high priest. He didn't choose the prophet. He didn't choose the king with all the followers, but, but he chose the shepherds. And the shepherds, they were, just, they were just going through their normal daily existence. They got up. They got out of bed. They, 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 they dragged a comb across their head. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. If you didn't get that, you're too young. But anyway... The shepherds were just doing their normal routine. They were, listen, listen. But in one moment of time, they went from the mundane to the miraculous. They were just going about their day. And God showed up. We all have routines. I have routines. You have routines. And we, we get up and we, we, we place our particular things in particular places. And those of you that are coffee drinkers, true Christians, Matter of fact, I'm an I'm a percolator. I'm a real genuine. Okay, I mean, I I I put it the night before the water, and and so I plug it in, and I've got routine. You've got routines. We've all got routines. And when that listen, when that coffee pot is done, let me just say this: I'm in church. I cannot lie. When I open that cupboard, I'm looking for listen my cup. Oh yes, you've got a cup. I don't care if there's fifteen thousand other cups. Who took my cup? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Don't mess with your cup. We all have routines. We all have rituals. We've got little patterns of behavior. Matter of fact, last year my boy said, Dad, I get it. this is so crazy. Every picture you've ever taken, ever in the last eight years, when you've been at any of our ball games, you are wearing the same orange shorts. I have had, and I mean this, a pair of shorts for 15 years. Don't touch my shorts. If you do, you're gonna see Jesus. I'm serious. I, I don't know how they've not worn out. It just, there's something about those. Don't buy me shorts. I've got $35 to get new shorts. But there's these shorts. <laughs> I'm strange, you're a stranger, but anyway. It's a routine. They're comfortable. You've got a sweatshirt. You've got shorts. You've got a cup. Those guys, they had routines. They had rituals. And then God decided one day to show up. And one moment when God showed up, one moment with an angelic message. I'll say it again. They went from the mundane to the miraculous. Miraculous. When God shows up, when God speaks, when, when the Holy Spirit shows up, when, when it's like out of nowhere, it's not the, anything that they've done. They didn't generate this. They experienced it. You, you guys ever been overwhelmed? I, I know I've been overwhelmed physically, man. You're at a football game or something, man. There's this comeback and it's just an amazing comeback. You're like. Everybody, even people on, an, on the opposing team, I mean, you're just you're so caught up emotionally and physically because it's, it's just amazing. And there's a sense of wonder about humans doing something. Let me tell you, that's awesome, but that's nothing like when God visits you. You're overwhelmed. That word wonder, the wonder of belief, they were overwhelmed. I wrote down a definition of wonder. Wonder means to be amazed to render immovable. You're you're just stricken. You're just with just an overwhelmed sense of God is here. That's exactly where those shepherds were. Matter of fact, it's not a one-time thing. It wasn't in the Bible just one time. There were many, 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 many people, Old Testament, New Testament. And let me just tell you two things that happen when God shows up. Number one, you realize how big God is? And number two, you realize how small we are, because God is big. God is huge. And by the way, by the way, whenever God shows up in your life, you're never the same again. You go in one way, but you come out another way. I had a conversation with this guy probably two months ago, and I I was having lunch with him, and he's not a part of our church, and he was interested. Somebody had given him a CD of the church, and and he'd asked to, to connect with me, and, and, and it was interesting. And he was kind of bummed out about some things in his past. That, and, and I looked at him, and I said, I said, let me just tell you something. It sounds like you're struggling with forgiveness, receiving forgiveness of all the things. He goes, man, I really am. And I, and I said to him, I said, did you, you, know, you ever heard of Paul the Apostle, St. Paul? He goes, well, yeah, I've heard of St. Paul. I said, did you know before he was St. Paul, he was a murderer of Christians? He goes, no no way. That's not true. I said, no, that, that's actually in the Bible. And I showed him that. I said, I said that, that's in the Bible. Like Paul was, used to be called Saul and he killed Christians. Have you ever killed anybody? He goes, wow, I'd never thought about that before. God can forgive even that. But here's the thing, what happened? One day, here it is, one day Saul was walking down the road to Damascus. He had Damascus is in Syria, it's still a city of today. And he had letters in his hand to throw Christians in jail. But suddenly, everyone say suddenly. Suddenly God showed up. Watch this, Saul went in one way and Paul walked out the other way. Whenever you have an experience with God, God changes you. How about Isaiah? Isaiah was in the temple. In Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah was in the temple of Lord, and the Holy Spirit was poured out the Kabbat, in the Old Testament word the, 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 the presence of God came down in the very temple of God and the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 it said that I, in the year that Uzziah died the king Uzziah died he said I was in the temple on the day of the Lord and I saw the Lord he saw the presence of God and here's what he saw he said I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips and here's what he said here am I Lord send me Isaiah went into the the temple one way, he experienced the presence of God, but he left a different way. Why? Because suddenly, suddenly, how about Moses? Moses, you, you know Moses, right? The great man of God in the Old Testament, Moses, who, who was raised in Pharaoh's court, and then he slayed a, an Egyptian, spent 40 years in the desert. By the way, Moses was a shepherd as well. 40 years in the desert. And he, was, he was shepherding sheep and then one day he, he goes, and I don't know why he went to by a bush, and there's different reasons why people go by bushes in the wilderness. <laughs> Figured out. But anyway, so. And he goes by this bush, and all of a sudden he sees this bush is on fire. Things burden up, but it, it's not consumed. And then he hears a voice. He takes his shoes off, and he hears the voice of God. And it was the commissioning of Moses to go lead the children of Israel. What am I saying? Everyone say, suddenly. When God shows up in our lives, we go in one way, but we come out another way. Maybe God has spoken to you recently. Maybe the Holy Spirit has come upon you in prayer. Maybe it was at the Freedom Weekend. How many of y'all have ever been through Freedom Ministries? Come on, raise your hand. All of our campuses. I tell you, if you've never been, I'm going to encourage you. We had our freedom retreat a couple weeks ago. God, the Holy Spirit, shows up and does amazing things in people's lives. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand clap for that? Next summer, we'll have another opportunity for you to go there. But maybe it was in prayer. Maybe last year, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Whatever it is, when God shows up, when suddenly it's happened in our lives, these shepherds were out in the wilderness, shepping. That's what they were doing, I guess. And God shows up. When God shows up, supernatural things happen. When God shows up, we go in one way, but we come out another way. The problem is is that even in those encounters, we often, just like the shepherds, we have an opportunity. Sometimes when God shows up, number one, we doubt it. Was that really God? Was that really God? Did God really tell me to help that person? Did God really, did God really speak? Was that the Holy Spirit? Wait, time out. I'm in a Christmas line, and I'm getting ready to get gifts for my, did God really tell me to buy Christmas gifts for that person that I don't? God didn't do that. We doubt it. Can I just help everybody and all of us in Baton Rouge? Can I just help everybody in Medicare? Can I help you? The devil's not telling you to buy Christmas presents for that person. The devil does not tell you to be generous. Are y'all with me? That's God. Everyone say God. Why do we doubt when God speaks? We get all up in our heads. We're like, well, that wasn't God. No, that was just God. And let me tell you, you know, you're in prayer, and God says, you know, this is the moment. This is the holiday season to reconcile that relationship. Nah, that's the devil. No, 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 no. The devil doesn't tell you to restore relationships. Number one, the shepherds, just like us, we often doubt it when God shows up. Number two, we try to debate it. They could have reasoned, can we really afford to leave these sheep? What if the owner of the sheep come back? And we start... Thinking about all of these, we try to, we try to sophisticate in in a sophisticated fashion. We try to intellectually try to figure out why we shouldn't obey God. When all the while we know it's God. Number one, we doubt it. Number two, we debate it. Sometimes we just deny it. That's for somebody else. When God speaks to us, we've got to obey God. How many times has God spoken to you, told you to do something, to share your faith with somebody? Maybe God's telling you this is the Christmas season. This is the moment when all your relatives are gathered together, and they're and they're passing out presents, and you have confidence for two reasons: number one, because you're a new person in Christ, and number two, because you bought better gifts than they've given you. <laughs> That'll help. But anyway, and this is the moment. And you say, "Hey guys, can I just say something before we pass out gifts?" This is the moment, and you say it respectfully, and you've got a lot of you've got a lot of relational change in the bank, if I can say it that way. And say, "Can I can I just? Tell, I know you guys think that I've quote found religion." the last year or two, but can I tell you, really, I've met Christ, and I don't, I'm not trying to judge anybody. I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but, but what's really happened in my life, I'm so excited to be here with family, and this is going to be such a wonderful time, and, but, but, but Christ really did change my life, and you know, that's what this whole thing's about. Maybe God's telling you to do that. Maybe this is the Christmas season for God telling you to do that, whether it's to say you're sorry, whether it's to buy something for someone, whether it's to stand up for Christ, why is it that we often we often hesitate to obey God and to step out in faith when God tells us? I believe the number one reason why God chose the shepherds was not because they were sophisticated, not because they had this prestige. It was because he knew they would obey. Hey, listen. He needed to get the message out. I'm going to give you guys three quick things. Three quick reasons why I think it's so important when God speaks to us. When we respond in faith, what happens? What happens to us when we respond in faith? Number one, when we respond in faith, our purpose is revealed. When we respond in faith. I I love this whole concept. I begin to read this week in Luke chapter 2. I've I've read it. By the way, it's always good to read Christmas story. It's always good to read this over and over because every time you do, you'll get something different out of it. And I saw something about the shepherds. I, I saw, and I wrote this down. When we respond in faith to God without fail, He sets us on a course where we begin to discover our purpose. By the way, your purpose in life is not your decision, it's your discovery. God has a plan. God has a purpose for your life. Faith responses brings revealed purpose in our life. God used these shepherds powerfully to bring a message to the world. Listen to me. It was that moment for those people at that time in that season, listen, that they were shepping. God chose them. God chose them, God marked them, God anointed them. I know what some of you are thinking about, Pastor, you know what, I'm just a nobody. No, 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 time out, time out. There's no, let me say this, there's no nobodies in the kingdom of God. I believe this is actually, actually, this story in the Bible is a declaration that God specializes in bringing people from obscurity into a place of impact and influence, Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you feel like, man, you know, I was just in school, you know, I was never really a leader. I never really helped anybody. I never really reached out. I mean, I, I'm just kind of just doing my own thing. No, no, no. Maybe, listen, God, God wants you to see yourself in the lives of these shepherds as God speaks to you. Purpose is interesting. Purpose is, it unfolds. You take one step and then you take another step and then you take another step. I, I've been watching the Christmas stories on TV with my daughter, who's nine. You put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. Can I have an amen? And you just, you just, you just, purpose begins to open up. Do you think for a moment that those shepherds, from the moment listen, that the sky split? Can you imagine what they were saying? We're going to do this thing. It's strange. We're going to do this. But but every but this. Then they saw the Christ child, and then all of a sudden it made sense. That's why I was supposed to go back as a single mom to school because God had put in my heart to be a nurse. And, and now, right before people are going into eternity, I'm able to pray for them as a nurse. And, and, and now it all makes sense. It all made, I didn't know it then. It was hard then. But now it makes sense. It makes sense because, because God had put that in my heart. And, and it doesn't, listen, you don't see it at first. That's what faith is all about. But as you take that step, and then you take the next step, and 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 then the pathway is cleared. Number one, when we respond in faith, our purpose is revealed. It takes risk to do it. How do you spell faith, Pastor? R-I-S-K. Risk it. Number two, the second thing that I see here is, is that when we respond in faith, there's a passion to share that's ignited in our heart. The wonder of seeing Christ was so important, so powerful to these shepherds. I, I love this verse. There's, there's little verses often in the Bible that are kind of hidden that you, know, you may read over it. Don't read over this one. It's got a message for us. Here it is. Luke chapter 2, verse 17. Now when they had seen him, that's the Christ child, they made widely. Everyone say widely. widely. They made widely known. They just didn't stay in their little oikos, their little sphere, their, their little small little pathway, but they, but they begin widely known. They, they begin to tell people saying, which was told to them concerning the Christ child. Listen, this, this Jesus is real, man. All you Jewish people, listen to me very closely. I know we're shepherds. I know we've not been to seminary or Bible school. I know that we don't seem qualified in the eyes of man, but I gotta tell you something. I've seen Jesus. I've seen Christ. And this thing is real. Now, now shepherds smell. So I'm sure some people, they, they're walking up, some people are like, ha, ah, and they may have and the shepherds probably said, you can hold your nose, but don't hold your ears. Because I got to tell you something. And I got to tell you something that will change your life. Matter of fact, I, I love to see people that are on fire for Christ. Do you know, do you know that statistics bear this out? That you will lead more people to Christ the first 18 months of being a Christian than any other time. Over the, over the years of you being a Christian. And the reason why is this, three reasons. Number one, the first reason why you lead more people, to, statistically speaking, all these organizations have done all these statistics. The reason why people lead more people to Christ in the first 18 months, number one, it's because you still know lost people. Number two, people are blown away that you're actually a little different. I had people tell me all the time. Matter of fact, my sons were playing football, and I was at a a, a place, and and I saw this guy I went to high school with. This was last year. I had graduated high school 30 years ago, and I saw him. He goes, Steve, God, I I heard you found religion. (laughs) And here's what he said to me. He goes, boy, I tell you, when somebody told me about 10 years ago, I thought if there's anybody that needs God, it's you. First of all, I didn't find religion, I found Jesus. And second of all, he actually found me. Are y'all with me? There's a passion when you get saved. Let me tell you, I love, let me tell you, don't ever let that fire burn out. Keep throwing kindling on. I I gotta tell you, there's a guy in our church and uh, he's amazing. In the last six weeks, I've heard his name three times for talking to people about Jesus. Twice on the North Shore, once on the South Shore. There's a guy on the South Shore. He said, Pastor, this is crazy. He said, there's this guy that showed up. He said, and he started, he, he did a bit, there was a, doing a business situation. He said, his name's Keith. Next thing you know, Keith starts sharing Jesus with me. Doesn't know I'm a Christian. He starts just sharing Christ with me, and and then he invites me to church. He says, do "You go to church, of King." Oh, yeah, I know that. I, he go and he goes, "Well, I actually go to church, of King." He's on the south shore. And then two other people said, "Man, I I, I ran into this guy Keith, and, and 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 he said he went to church of the King, and 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 then isn't that where you go to church, Steve?" And yeah, I do go to church of the King, and 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 then, and I, I don't tell people anything other than that. And I'll say, and 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 I actually kind of tease them sometimes. And I kind of bait them. I say, yeah, I go there. It's a pretty good church. What do you think about it? And then I go "But anyway. So, and then if they say, well, I don't like, I say, well, that's fine. But anyway, so three times in six weeks, let me just tell you something. The more you talk about Jesus, the more it burns in your heart. Come on. Are y'all with me? Hey, they made widely known this Jesus is real this Christ is real when we step out in faith number one our purpose our purpose becomes revealed number two we we have a passion on the inside of us that begins to burn brighter and brighter I want to say this one more time I want to say this to all of our campuses. Next weekend is one of the greatest opportunities that you will have all year long to invite somebody to church. I said this respectfully. I'm going to do my job. We have 26 services. I think I'm teaching eight live. All right. And they'll be at all of our campuses. So I'm going to have my little Christmas suit on. I have a Christmas tie. It's going to be so nice. (laughs) My mom and all of her friends, they still pat me on my head. At Christmas. Oh, I look so sweet. I'm like 50. But anyway, so now listen to me closely. Here's what I'm going to do my part. Let's partner together. All right? Let's partner. Can we partner together? You bring your neighbors. You bring your friends. All right? And listen, partner with me. I'm going to preach the gospel. We're going to do our stuff. It's going to be an hour and eight minutes long. We're going to light candles in the end. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do my part. You do your part. And let's see, come on, let's see hundreds and hundreds of people come to Christ. Uh, What do y'all think? Can we do that? If you do your part, I'll do my part. They had a passion to share. Let me give you this third and final thing. When we step out, listen, when we step out in faith, I believe that we leave a legacy for future generations. I I, I read this. I wrote this this week, this month. All around the earth, people will be learning about the faith of the shepherds. Why is that, Pastor? Because God honors faith. The faith of the shepherds. When we respond in faith, it, it encourages others to follow in our footstep. Our life makes an impact, particularly when we respond in faith. And the message of Christmas, let me tell you, the message of Christmas is a message of action. Because, listen, do you believe for a moment that they knew on the other side of their obedience all the people that they were gonna touch for Christ? Y'all do realize that? We never know. We don't really know when God speaks, we don't know what's on the other side of our obedience. God knows. But I tell you who, what it is, it's, it's, it's changed lives. Some of you guys that have said yes and are hosting a small group, do you, do you know what's on the other side of your obedience? Guess what? could be five, six, eight people coming to Christ. I don't know, but God knows. See, when we step out, it leaves a legacy of faith, and it's an impact, whether we give, whether we serve, whether we pray, we're sowing, listen, not just for us, we're sowing into the future. You know, I, I was so blessed uh, during during uh, November, during our 20th anniversary. I want to thank you guys for all the texts and all the emails. And Man, I was just so encouraged. I was like, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it showing up. It's worth it preaching. It's worth building buildings and seeing people come and doing what we're doing. It's worth working with our staff and our team. It's worth it. Why? Because it's about change lives. I, I, got a, I got a letter and I, I'm going to ask everybody to stay with me. We're going to walk out of here in seven minutes. So please stay with me at all of our campuses, please. And there, there was a letter that, that, that I got, and such a powerful, powerful letter. And it was from a woman in our church. And, and here's what she said. And I, I got to put on my glasses. These are powerful. $9 from Winn-Dixie. Seriously. She said, Pastor, I'm not sure why it took me so long to write this email, but as we celebrate all that Church of the King has been part of the last 20 years, I thought I'd want, I, I could share. I was asked to attend Church of the King by a friend of mine right after we moved to Covington. I attended a service that evening with my friends, and I kept thinking about hum- how unbelievably simple the message was. And you cleared up in one service years of confusion. She said, I stayed in the world for a bit longer until I found out I was pregnant with my first baby. I knew I wanted a better life for my baby. I was gonna raise him in a life where God was at the center. I was determined to find out how to do that. So again, I started attending services at Church of the King alone, but not for long. You likely don't have time for me to tell you all the ways that Christ has impacted me through this church, but I'd love to give you a little bit. My, I got married, my husband. My husband came with me and, and, and he got saved. And, it became our home. And then I joined the dream team and started serving in nursery and preschool where I met a woman who became a mentor to me. And then we joined Pastor Danny and Missy's couple small group. And then we took a leap of faith and we joined Freedom small group. We met another couple and they played a vital role. Listen to this, they played a vital role. I'm talking about one life. You don't know what's on the other side of your obedience. We, we they played a vital role in us being foster parents. And, And this year we adopted a baby girl. You preached about passions in our heart and putting feet to our faith and directly impacted my husband and my decision to go on mission trips. Five years now we've gone to Haiti and and we've become foster parents to 10 kids who had never heard of Jesus, who have now seen what a godly home looks like and have had the word of God spoken over their life. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Come on. Listen. Listen. We've begun to lead small groups, and some of my family who didn't know Christ, they've now come. They've gotten saved, and now they're all in church. You don't know, no one life. I, I, I got a text. Last week from, from a credible uh, person, lady who runs our, she said, Pastor, I got to share this with you. And our pastor's got it. She actually put this on Facebook. And, and, I, and I'm so grateful. At our 930 service, I want everybody to hear me. At our 930 service, we have a 1,000 prisoners in the St. Tammany Parish Jail and a 1,000 at the Orleans Justice. Please pray for me each week. Please. Listen to what she said. She said, she, I, I wrote this down. She said, I've been going to St. Tammany Jail for two uh, for weekend services for two years. Today was a monumental day. This was two weeks ago. Pastor Jim LaFoon was here. She said, this message was on, on gratitude was, was so powerful, Pastor. It was off the charts. We had women who were sitting in the commons area who came out from where the bunks were at the end and just started standing there closely listening. When it was said to give God praise, it literally broke out. They literally broke out in shouts and clapping and verbal praise. I saw women who had never raised their hands before in total praise to Jesus. They're crying and they're worshiping God. They said this was the best message they've ever heard. It was life-changing. Pastor, thank you. Let me tell you, I say thank you to her. Thank you to all those that are in the jails and the prisons. You don't know how many lives you're touching for Christ. yesterday. I got one more. I got one more. Pastor Jeremy Usser, I want to say this to our Gulf Coast campus. We've got nearly 700 people that come in Biloxi. We're so proud of you guys of what all that God's doing. We're excited about the expansion in the, in the, uh, in the, the sanctuary from three to 600 seats where we can reach more people for Christ. This was just yesterday. Pastor, 120 volunteers served today for Hope for Christmas Foster Care at Christmas Party at Gulf Coast Campus. We had 186 foster children. That's one campus. We gave out 750 Christmas gifts. Every child... Every teenager received a Bible. We had 45 people receive Christ. You want to know why? One woman in the church had a heart to partner our our church with foster care. And now we we had 186 kids. Come on, can we give God a hand clap for that? I got to tell you this. I'm going to ask our ushers to get in place and we've got three minutes left. Listen to me closely. I am so grateful and so proud of you guys as a church. You know, once a year... Once a year, we take what's called an over-and-above offering to our building campaigns. There are so many things happening. I can't wait till you guys here in March, we give reports of all the stuff that's happened. This year has been amazing for our church. More baptisms. I think we've had 1,500 people go through step one. But I want to just share this story. Friday, I went to our, and I want to say this live to to our campus in Metairie. I am so excited. I got to go to our our brand new campus. In four and a half months, we're opening it. We're calling it our West Esplanade campus. It's actually in Kenner, right off the interstate, the Esplanade Mall, 48,000 square feet. They're they're laying the concrete. They're pouring the concrete because they're leveling a lot of the movie theaters for where children's are gonna be. I wanna say to that campus, get ready, you guys are gonna have a day where you're going to have a celebration moment where before they lay the carpet, writing down names of loved ones that you're going to believe God, they're going to come to Christ. How many of y'all remember at the Little Creek campus, we wrote down names of people that, that are under your seats? And I'm telling you, I am so excited. That campus is going to grow and explode. We don't even have seats for people at 1130. Thank you for giving. Thank you. We're going from 250 seats to 800 seats in our new sanctuary over there. I wanna thank all of you at the Little Creek campus. We're, we're right about there to, having the resources to buy Chilco, which is our outreach center. Pastor, why are we doing that? So that we can reach more people for Christ. So we can tangibly show the love of God. So I wanna thank all of you at Little Creek for giving to the uh, Beyond campaign. Listen to this, listen to this. 14 months ago, we started a two and a half year. It's actually a 26 month capital campaign. In 14 months, I think we've already brought in five and a half, nearly $6 million dollars Can we give Jesus a hand clap? That's you guys. That's you guys. Listen to me closely. Pastor, why are we doing it? I'll tell you why we're doing it. We're doing it for changed lives right here. That's why we're doing it. When are we going to stop building buildings? When everybody within a 30-minute distance of all these campuses have either said no to Christ or they're in church worshiping God. That's when we're going to say. In other words, we're not going to stop. Why? Because people matter to God. People matter to God. Your relatives matter to God. Your neighbors matter to God. Your coworkers matter to God. There's some kid who's suicidal right now, and we're believing God for the 500 kids just at this campus alone on Wednesday night. Can we give God a hand clap? God's using Pastor Dave Anderson. We're believing God. That's what we're doing. We're not stopping. I'm gonna ask our ushers to go ahead and get in place. By the way, people give every week their tithe. Thank you for being faithful tithers, and an over-and-above tithe is an offering either the building or the poor and thank you. We, there's envelopes that people give every week in the Beyond campaign, they give online, but once a year, we only take two offerings once a year. And this is the weekend. And then all these monies are going towards finishing out all of these projects. And so let's pray. The ushers will serve you guys and I'll have everybody stand in about a minute or two. Father, thank you for what you're doing. God, thank you. Lord, we're giving our best, Lord God, because we know that people matter. God, all of our campuses, God, we thank you for the privilege. In Jesus' name.